0: Hello and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Little Children. Little Children was written by Tom Perota and was published in 2004.
0: And the film adaptation, directed by Todd Field, came out in 2006.
1: And this is actually a patron-requested episode. It is. So our wonderful patron, Jameson, actually requested this episode and was really excited yeah, we are doing it. Um, really likes both the book and the movie. So thank you, Jameson, for yeah. suggesting it and thank you for being a patron.
0: And we have some thoughts from Jameson about both versions that we'll uh read at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And um, um this is why I love uh patron requests too, is because like this is a adaptation that has never been on my radar. I, did, I had never heard of it. No. I knew nothing about it, but it is a Kate Winslet movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, she got a nomination. Uh Jackie Earl Haley got a Best Supporting Actor nom, Screenplay Mm -hmm. got a nomination, and uh, the author wrote the screenplay as well, so that's worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's kind of like, I think it was like one of those big Oscar movies that came out, but then one that like...
1: Sort of faded a little bit from awareness. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to be fair, like, this came out, the movie came out in 2006, and the book in 2004. And so this was, like, a time in my life that I wasn't paying attention to books and movies. Yeah, not as much for me either. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, but, yeah. So we're here to talk about it. And I have to say, I'm really excited to discuss this one.
1: I think we'll have a lot to talk about.
0: It's almost like a greatest hits of, like, topics. (laughs) From, like, toxic masculinity and race and... Feminism. Feminism. Parenting. mm -hmm, It really touches on, like, a lot of different subjects. Yeah. I think we'll have plenty to discuss
1: plenty to discuss
0: starting with the main character well one of the main characters i should say
1: so picture this scene it's just a (laughs) bunch of white people in the suburbs (laughs) that's accurate that's That's the book (laughs) that's the whole cast of characters
0: Uh, and one of those white people happens to be sarah Mm -hmm. and when we pick up with Sarah at the beginning of the story. She's at the park, um, sitting with a bunch of other mothers watching their children play on the playground.
1: And Sarah has a three-year-old daughter, Lucy. Yes. And these other moms were supposed to believe are kind of like more stereotypical stay-at-home moms. Yeah. But Sarah is different.
0: Yeah, we immediately, <laughs> and this is like from her perspective. Yeah. And we get kind of her backstory and how she doesn't feel like she really belongs here. And she feels like different from the other mothers. Yeah. Uh, One of the other mothers being uh, a woman named Marianne.
1: Who's like the queen bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah. She always has all the snacks prepared. She has it all together. And like she helps Sarah at the beginning of the story when she forgets her snack. Yeah. And then starts giving her like unsolicited advice about how to like be more prepared and stuff.
1: To be honest, I feel like every parent knows a Marianne.
0: Yes. You know what
1: I mean? The the head of the PTA, mm-hmm. the woman who's like super micromanaging her child's life and expects everyone else to do the same. The woman that just cannot calm down. Yeah. (laughs) And what's interesting
0: about Marianne is, and I remember when I was first reading this and that perspective of Sarah, her not being like the other mothers. And I remember like thinking like, I hope we get some more perspective on a character like Marianne. Yeah. And maybe like, oh, she's actually not that different from Sarah and she has her own shit and stuff. Because I did want them to subvert that. She was different kind of trope. Yeah. And what's interesting is they act you actually do in the book find out more about
1: Marianne. But not till, like, the very end. The
0: last, like, 30 pages. And it's, like, at that
1: point... Yeah. I
0: was like, why are we doing this now? Yeah. It felt like such... kind of like a missed opportunity. I agree. So, Mm -hmm. I like that idea... Of even Marianne, who has all of her ducks in a row.
1: Having her own shit going on. I-
0: exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But by that point, when it happened, I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on.
1: <laughs> yeah, getting back to Sarah. So she is kind of like an academic. She went to college and ended up doing um, most of her PhD, but she never wrote her dissertation. Yeah. Um, And she was studying, like, women's studies. She was, you know, studying feminism and taking a lot of women-centered classes, and really felt like that was what she wanted to do. Like, she was really passionate about it. It made her happy. But then she kind of lost her steam, I'm yeah. guessing, and sort of fell out. Wasn't sure what she wanted to do. The industry of becoming a professor is not always super lucrative, especially for, like, you know, that Uh, discipline.
0: Yeah. And it kind of talked about when she went back for grad school. Yeah. It was kind of like she didn't really have a plan for it. She really just wanted to be back in that environment in school again more Mm -hmm. than anything. So she clearly like didn't have a very like well-defined goal in mind. Yeah. And plan with what she wanted to do with her degree and everything going on. So that gives us a little bit of a sense of who she is. Like she's kind of like, trying to figure out what she wants and kind of, like, meandering a bit through her life, kind of trying to figure it out. And I I thought her backstory was interesting, and I actually do think it handled it mostly well in the book, her being kind of this, like, former feminist Mm -hmm. in a way. And not former, like, she doesn't believe these things anymore, but feels more disconnected from it now. Uh, She did have a relationship with another girl.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And... I couldn't tell at first if the book was playing this off as, like, a phase.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say.
0: And I do think they gave it enough depth, like, with her running into this girl later and feeling, like, heartbroken that she didn't recognize her and stuff. Yeah. But I do think it was more than that. Like, I do think it handled it well enough. But it also does still feel that way a little bit. It does like,
1: kind of play it like, oh, she became a feminist and then she decided to try lesbianism. Yeah.
0: It, it does still feel that way to an extent.
1: Yeah. And she ends up marrying this guy who's much older than her mm-hmm. and who had a previous marriage and you know is divorced and sort of settling down in his suburban home and having a child. And now she's a stay-at-home mom. And I feel like... We got a lot about her backstory in college. I thought that was well handled. We got a lot about even her, you know, childhood and years in high school. But we don't have almost anything about her and Richard, her husband. Yeah. And how they started dating. Like, all we get is just like, oh, they were both really lonely Mm -hmm.
0: and needed someone.
1: But I'm like, you don't just like throw away your whole life. Just because some guy's nice to you? I don't know. Yeah. And I can't tell
0: if this was intentional in the way that, like, Sarah has a bit of this feeling of, like, God, how did I end up here in this, like, position with, like, a kid in the suburbs? Yeah. And so maybe leaving the Richard part in the dark was meant to kind of make it more, like, how could this have happened? Like, yeah. who's to say? I don't know. But I kind of agree that, like, I don't think that adds anything to leave it a mystery. Like, I'd rather know what she was thinking. Yeah. Because it's not like she switched off her mind for, like, five years. And and
1: if it was something like, what if she was just kind of dating him because she was lonely and then she got pregnant? Yeah. And then was like, well, I want to make this work. I might as well have this kid now. Like, I'm getting older. And it was more of like a, they kind of just settled into it because of that. But it felt like there was no reason for them to get married. They just got married. And then have a, had a kid, and then she was like a stay-at-home mom.
0: Yeah, and you find out this was like Richard's second marriage yeah. later on. Yeah, And kind of a little bit of his past and him not wanting to make the same mistakes, but then of course he fucking does. Um, but yeah, so Sarah, we get a lot of her backstory in this first chapter, and mm-hmm. it was interesting, and I remember thinking like, okay, I'm very curious to see where this goes. Yeah. as It was that way with a lot of things in this book, reading them, I was like, interesting. I'm Tell Not anymore. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not on board or against it yet. Yeah. Let's see where it goes. You
1: have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: then who shows up to the park but the prom king. The
1: prom king. Himself. Todd, or the movie calls him Brad, but we're just gonna call him Todd.
0: Yeah, Todd is in my head now as his name, So yeah. but uh, played by Patrick Wilson, and he's kind of this super handsome like athletic looking guy, super nice and likable looking plays Mm -hmm. with his son and all the women at the park, like are familiar with him. Yeah. So they've deemed him the prom King.
1: And, uh, he was a football star. So he's kind of like, he's the stereotypical. That's why they call him the prom King. You know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. looks like a handsome boy from high school. That's on the football team. Yeah. And he's a stay at home dad with his son, Aaron, um, and his wife, is working. She's actually a documentary filmmaker. Yeah, which was so interesting to me in the movie. In the movie, she's interviewing Iraqi veterans and and their families and their and stuff. families. In the book, it's uh, World War Two vets. Yeah, but um, her work is very interesting.
0: Yeah, I-, I thought it gave her an interesting depth. Uh, I feel like we're
1: saying interesting too much. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just said it. Yeah, you did. (laughs)
0: A fascinating level uh, to her character. Yeah. And that is something, one of my favorite cliches in books and movies is vague businessman. And (laughs) and it's usually when you have to give a character a job, but you don't really care about that or the author doesn't. So it's something super vague and abstract. But I liked in this story... Everyone's jobs were, like, kind of specific. Yeah. And even, like, Richard's, he worked for a marketing company that came up with names.
1: For brands. For brands
0: and stuff, which is something I do sometimes in my job. So I kind of, like, related to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, so I appreciated the kind of depth that their occupations, especially because, like, Sarah and Todd don't have jobs. Yeah. So I think it's kind of important to, like... Talk about that as a more specific subject mm-hmm. where Kathy kind of seems like she's fulfilling her ambitions with filmmaking. Yeah. And even Richard seems to like his job well enough. So
1: mm-hmm. Todd doesn't work. He stays at home with their son, but he went to law school and now he is trying to pass the bar exam. Yeah. This is so he's taken it twice and failed it twice. Um, and now he's studying for his third try. But we can tell almost right away that he doesn't care about (laughs) being a lawyer.
0: Yeah, (laughs) he he's just like. He doesn't want to do it like he does, but also he doesn't. And he's supposed to go to the library in the evenings to study. And instead he goes and watches a bunch of kids like skateboarding.
1: Yeah, which is not creepy. No, I'm like, (laughs) you're just.
0: Yeah, it's very kind of creepy and weird, Yeah, especially reading about it. Seeing in the movie, he's like more like behind a fence and like not as
1: is that weirder though <laughs> maybe maybe him
0: being more in the shadows is makes w- it worse, worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say but yeah so his ambitions and what he wants to do with his life are kind of like stalled stalled a little bit so he and sarah definitely have that in common
1: absolutely
0: so sarah upon seeing todd for the first time Finds out that the other women have actually never talked to him despite their fascination with him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'll do it. Uh, On on the bet of another woman who says, I bet you can't get his number. Yeah. For only $5. I know.
1: That is not enough money. Yeah, no, come on.
0: (laughs) But so Sarah goes up to Todd. They're both pushing their kids on the swing and they start like talking and, Mm -hmm. you know. And I like their early connection. I think it's handled pretty well. Like she thinks... Todd is surprisingly
1: vulnerable and open.
0: Yeah. About like, he's like, yeah, I I failed the bar exam twice now. And she's surprised by his openness about stuff like this.
1: I think both of them don't have anyone else to talk to besides their spouses. Cause it's clear that Sarah doesn't have anything in common with the other moms. Mm -hmm. doesn't really connect with them. And then Todd The moms haven't even talked to Todd. Yeah. He doesn't have any friends. So the two of them are sort of like, oh, wow, someone that's just like going to be that I can talk to and connect with and be real with about like parenting and stuff.
0: Yeah. So they strike up a, you know, a good conversation pretty quickly. And then Todd goes to leave. Yeah. And she's like, hold on. Can I get your number? Because there's like a bet. And like, it's definitely for the bet that I want your number. And he's like, oh, I don't have a pen. And she's like, okay, well, you know what you can do instead is hug me. Because, like, that'll be just as good to yeah, the moms. And that'll like, freak
1: them out. Yeah,
0: so they're like, okay, so they, like, give each other a hug. And then she's like, you know what will really get them riled up? And he's like, I, <laughs> I sure I know do. exactly what
1: you're thinking. And then they just kiss. And... I almost appreciate the ridiculous of the scenario, but at the same time, I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's
0: so, when I read it, I think we both, both, both of us, when we read it, were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It just escalates so quickly. Yeah. But like you said, I have a certain appreciation for it because it really establishes the feeling that these are two people who are almost like, looking for trouble. Oh, yeah. Or, like, looking. The to...
1: first opportunity that they can. Yeah. They, like, make out. It's and like... you're like, it It took almost nothing <laughs> for this to happen. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, only two people this kind of desperate for, like, connection yeah. would do this. Mm-hmm. And even though it's super ridiculous, I did think in the book it handled the aftermath very well with, like, their feelings about it. Yeah. Where Todd was thinking about it a lot and was like exhilarated by it, but also kind of like wanted to forget about it because he's like, this isn't a thing I should be doing. Yeah, this isn't
1: real. This is like a fantasy. But
0: he's also totally like infatuated with her now. Yeah. And the idea that like for once, because he's been married for a while, Mm -hmm. where like, you know, sex in a way is like kind of guaranteed. Yeah. But now he's like in this way, like sex isn't. And there's something exhilarating about that. Yeah. And I think there's. I think that this book has a lot of interesting insights about marriage and relationships.
1: Yeah, between and
0: sex. partners, yeah, and children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one point, Todd is kind of jealous of the affection his son shows his wife. Yeah, kind of like he feels like he doesn't get that sometimes, and is like a little jealous of that. At one point, Richard talks about in his first marriage. When it was falling apart and both he and his wife were aware of that. Yeah. It was the first time they were like comfortable with each other again for years. Because they
1: knew it was going to end.
0: Yeah, that was like the best years of their relationship. (laughs) There's just like a lot of interesting little insights like that throughout the book that just made me feel like it's either very well grounded in real experiences or just kind of like well thought out or researched in a way. Mm -hmm. So I do really appreciate that about this book.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: the movie too, you know, they both... tackle it to an extent
1: let's talk about richard a little bit
0: yeah while we're on the subject of richard sarah's
1: husband so he is older has been divorced has two grown daughters which is explained to us in the book again i just feel like his him and sarah's relationship is just never explained to us no whereas i feel like todd and kathy have a much more like nuanced relationship,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: And we see more of them together. We hear more about their past, whereas Richard is painted as a villain from the start.
0: Yeah, it's weird. In the book, we actually don't we hear about Richard from Sarah's perspective early on, but we're not actually introduced to him in the book for kind of a while. Yeah, we're to the to the point where I was like, it's weird. Who we is haven't, this guy? Yeah, because. I forget, it starts with Sarah, then goes to Todd, and we meet Todd's wife, and then like back to Sarah, and we still haven't met Richard, and Mm -hmm. then like back to like another character, and then it's like we meet Richard. So it was weird. And then then our introduction to Richard.
1: Is not good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly something.
1: Uh, We're introduced to him as a package has arrived for him in the mail. A
0: very important package.
1: Which we find out is a pair of dirty underwear. Mm Mm-hmm. A thong that he ordered online from Slutty K.
0: Slutty K. And- I
1: just don't. <laughs> I don't know about this whole Slutty K thing.
0: So oh the my scenario
1: God. is almost like someone made it up. Mm-hmm. Like it was someone's i like perfect idea of like getting involved with a prostitute or something, mm. but like turning it into almost like a fantasy. Life, like Slutty K, is kind of like in her 30s, I'd say or 40s, so like yeah. not super young. She runs like an online business.
0: It's like a fan club yeah. where it it's not porn in the more traditional sense. It's like her constantly posting photos and it's like a blog. Yeah. Almost. It's and a like, sex blog. Yeah. And she has like fans and like Richard purchased a pair of her used underwear. And when he got it, she was like, this is me documenting what, when, when I wore it and what I was doing and how horny I was when I wore it. And like yeah. kind of all this like crazy stuff. And
1: you can like buy a, a, almost like a trip with her. Yeah. Like these beach excursions and, like, orgies, basically, where you can, like, be a part of her fan club and have sex with her. So it, it she has, like, this following. It's weird.
0: And it's interesting from the vantage point of it being in 2004. Yeah. When this was, when the book was written. And, like, kind of interesting to think about, like, what the internet in this area was like.
1: Yeah, the internet was just starting. I mean, probably not just starting, but people were more aware of the internet as a place for porn and for sex and to like market that.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: like really interesting. I mean, the thing with Richard, I don't have a problem with him being, you know, into
0: sniffing porn. dirty underwear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the problem that I have with Richard is that like he's obsessed with Slutty K as like a person.
0: Yeah. And
1: it it does veer into, like, a fair territory. It does. And beyond that, too, in the book, we specifically hear his thoughts about marriage in general and how he, like, doesn't care about his daughter, really.
0: Yeah. He's, like, a
1: really absent father and husband to Sarah, just doesn't seem to care, is, like, completely almost regretful immediately after marrying Sarah and having this kid and is, like oh, I just want to, like, bang a bunch of other people. And I'm like, you didn't have to marry her. Again, yeah. I'm like, how did this happen?
0: Richard's interesting because he, like, definitely wants to have a more adventurous sex life. And he kind of wants Sarah to be a part of that to an extent. And it's unclear, like, if it was just his attempt to be able to sleep with other people or if he genuinely, he does genuinely seem to be kind of a swinger Yeah, and, like oh op- like, open to, we'll find out a little bit more later, but, like, Sexual experiences with, like, multiple people, kind of. Yeah. So it's unclear, like, where his intent is and where he's, like, kind of trying to be manipulative. Yeah. But the, the, the there is a part in the book that I, I thought was really funny, though, as he's, like, sniffing the underwear <laughs> and, like, trying to get, like, aroused by it. Yeah. And... Like, obviously he's like masturbating and he starts to like doubt that (laughs) he's he can like tell they're used, but he starts to doubt that they're actually slutty K's (laughs) and he starts thinking about the logistics of like, well, you know, she had to wear them for like two days and then like. So that's not really a good return on her investment. If she was
1: smart, she'd have other people wearing that. Yes. And then sell that and and pretend
0: it was just hers. And then forge the diary that they send to me. And so he starts like thinking from like a marketing. He's talking himself
1: down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's talking himself out of his erection. Yeah. Which is just
0: very funny. And also addressing the fact that like this is, he's aware this is very much a fantasy at this point. Yeah. And he is uncertain about how real it is. Mm
1: -hmm. But we are, he does talk about how it's kind of consumed his life. Like it's become an addiction, which kind of touches on the porn addiction that many people struggle with as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so while Richard is wearing another woman's thong on his head and masturbating on his face, Sarah walks in.
1: Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I've been asking you for like an hour. If I, you can watch our daughter for like, An hour so I can go on a walk with my friend. (laughs) And he's like, you could have knocked." I'm like, you dick.
0: The whole scene in both the book and the movie is so awkward. You just want to explode. Oh, my
1: God. But in the movie, Sarah, like, doesn't really knock.
0: No. She, kind of
1: knocks. She doesn't really. She,
0: like, tap taps on the door once and then, like, slides in. Mm -hmm. And then just, like, he hasn't seen her yet. And she just, like, is looking at him. She's just, like.
1: Are you fucking kidding oh, me? My fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't even care. She's just like, fine, whatever.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we get a decent amount of this buildup with like Richard and Slutty K and all this stuff in the movie. Yeah. Kind of in like a condensed montage of him discovering her through work randomly three years ago and then like slowly like finding out more about it and becoming kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, we
1: get some very terrible scenes of him jerking off at work. Yeah, And looking at all her shit on his work computer. And I'm like, are you an idiot? Was this, <laughs> is this because like you're older, you're like a boomer and you don't understand that like your employers look at everything you do on the Internet? Like,
0: yeah. Once again, though, in 2006, I I mean, probably still, but I don't know what the level of like monitoring yeah. going on was back then. I but. just
1: it's not a good idea to do that shit. At oh, work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Regardless. <laughs> yeah. There was at one point where they showed a woman walking to his office. I'm like, is she going to catch him? But like, luckily he wasn't doing it then. But yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Sarah now knows kind of about the underwear and slutty K to an extent. And is kind of just like.
1: (sighs) She's sort of like my marriage is over. This sort of gives me an excuse or like the reason to maybe start up this flirtation with Todd and like continue this.
0: Yeah, so she kind of feels like she has, like, a hall pass. Yeah. Where that's concerned now.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the football league?
0: Yeah, let's talk about Todd. (laughs) Uh, Todd is watching, in a totally non-creepy fashion, his skateboarders (laughs) one evening.
1: The teenage skateboarders.
0: When Larry pulls up in his van and basically kidnaps Todd. (laughs) We find out Larry is the... He's not just a part of the Concerned Parents Council... Of the town, but Mm -hmm. is the entire organization himself. Yeah. And his sole goal is that there is a man who's been convicted of um, exposing himself to a minor. Yeah. And was in jail and is now living near them in a community yeah and he is single-handedly putting up flyers informing everyone like letting them know that this pervert lives yeah amongst them and is kind of like this one man
1: whipping up the town into a frenzy
0: exactly and so he's he leads with that with todd <laughs> explaining all that he's like oh by the way do you want to play football with middle-aged men <laughs> 10 o'clock at night.
1: With no equipment or protection. With no
0: pads or anything. And Todd is just like, hell yeah. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then he's like, yeah. I think this really shows us how aimless Todd feels.
0: Yeah. He's almost
1: looking for anything to fulfill his life. Yeah. Like, it could be anything. Like, later on, his wife Kathy is like, Larry, I thought you hated that guy. And he's like, ah, he's fine. It's almost like he's willing to hang out with anyone at this point. Yes.
0: He just kind of goes along
1: yeah, with, with whatever's
0: happening. Yeah. You know, once uh, Sarah is like flirting with him he's and he's like, like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Like, hey, you want to join a football team that you'll absolutely get a concussion in? It's like, yeah, OK.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like the football scenes, not so much in the movie, but in the book, were very like overly masculine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think purposefully to be kind of critical of like this masculine culture that he's kind of like dipping his toes into. Yeah, like every- they're all
1: retired police officers.
0: Well, not all retired. Oh, they're okay, a- they're, all they're all police, police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And so he's kind of the odd man out at first because he's not. But they needed a quarterback and he used to be one in high school and college. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, okay. And they're like very like kind of hazing him, very aggressive towards him at first. Yeah. But then he's like embraced it at one point. I don't know. I definitely think it was like commentating on like being one of the boys and what that maybe means or can lead to
1: i mean it's commented on a little but like never discussed
0: that's yeah that's what i mean like i think there was clearly like i'm addressing this as a topic yeah but then
1: and then it doesn't really go anywhere and then
0: it doesn't really only to the extent that maybe like It's supposed to be them feeling immature, like high school guys again. Yeah,
1: like playing football. Which
0: plays very well into Todd kind of just, like, being aimless, kind of reliving his high school years. And at one point, hanging out with them, and he's, like, regretting doing the bar exam again, and he's like, maybe I should be a police officer, or maybe, like, a cop.
1: And I'm like, are you... Or
0: a a firefighter. Are
1: you five? Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, like infantilizing him to an yeah. extent, like making him like just a big child, yeah, to an extent. Um, so it does, especially
1: in his willingness to just kind of go along with anything. He doesn't really make a lot of choices. It feels no. like. So let's talk about Larry. Yes, he is retired, even though he's still only in his thirties, because he shot a black teenage boy and teenage is actually stretching it because the boy was 13 years old.
0: Yeah. But he was tall for him. He- I'm saying that sarcastically because that yeah. was Larry's excuse was he was very tall. So he looked older. Um, And this was another thing where I'm like, wow, they're really getting into some
1: heavy topic, a heavy topic that, it- is not going to be important to the story almost at all. I'm like,
0: probably not. And it's kind of, it's definitely not. And this gets into another area that we should talk about. And that's race in this book. Because yeah. it's handled in kind of a weird, clumsy way in the book, in my mind. Yeah. Where a lot of characters are described as being black. Uh-huh. And I shouldn't say characters. Because like, there
1: aren't any. <laughs> no, like
0: side <laughs> Like, people in the peripherals. Yeah. You know, like, oh, one of the one of the member of the football team was black. Yeah. Uh, this person was Asian. Like, mm-hmm. this other guy was black. Like, a lot of them are just described as being someone who's black. But it's almost just, like, for no reason. It's just, like, yeah, there's other characters of, like, ethnic diversity in this story. But,
1: but we don't know any of them. But
0: no, none of them are a main character.
1: Yeah. It's just... I think the problem with this whole story, not that it's not important to talk about police shootings of un-ar- unarmed black children, but it's used as like a character fo- like development foil mm-hmm. for like a side character. Yeah. It's like providing like a little bit of a struggle for a white person. Yeah. So like black pain and death and suffering is used to kind of like further the plot of, like, a white person, Mm -hmm. which feels really shitty.
0: You know, this kind of goes back to my thoughts in the book about just how limited the scope is and the perspective. Yeah. Because, like we said, all the characters are white, kind of middle class, suburbanites. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't think you could have a story about the kind of lack of ambition and
1: Ennui.
0: we uh, the ennui <laughs> that you can experience through that and like you can be depressed you can have marital issues like yeah
1: but when you compare it to some other things you're like it's hard it's hard to be invested in that
0: and yeah yeah but also I don't know it's just like I don't know where the intention is sometimes yeah and whether is it purposefully narrow because the book is silly in a way it
1: is and it does poke fun at these characters
0: it it does yeah Yeah. and it does feel satirical Mm -hmm. to an extent yeah but at other points it doesn't
1: but at other points you're like wow i feel so bad for these like rich white people or like (laughs) middle class pretty comfortable white people living their lives in the suburbs like you said it's just sort of like it, it kind of Walks that line, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't in the story.
0: And I think it says a lot to, like, with where we're at now in a society with media. I think we crave stories of more diversity, both in, like, economic status and race and, like, backgrounds. And, you know, there's, like, so much more story out there than just, like white people stories. Yeah. But I think now when we go back to these, there is kind of that craving of like, boy, I wish there is more perspective. Yeah. And more voices saying different things kind of going on.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: we should probably get back to the story. We've talked, <laughs> we've talked vaguely about a lot of things at this point.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the pedophile a little bit.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Uh,
1: Ron- let's lighten Ronnie-
0: things up a little bit.
1: <laughs> His name is Ronnie McGorvey, but, um, So he exposed himself to a Girl Scout and he, I don't know if there was anything else in the past, but then also he was sort of implicated in the disappearance and probable murder of this little girl and no one ever proved that he did it, but it kind of hangs over him a little bit. Yeah. In the movie, it's not brought up at all, I don't think.
0: Isn't, um, I feel like maybe it was mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Like vaguely, but like then never really like brought back or like addressed to any extent.
1: Yeah, but he's living with his mother and I think, I don't know, this whole part was sort of interesting. I I liked kind of what McGorvey, Ronnie McGorvey is in the community, kind of like stirring up all these people's emotions and feelings. But at the same time, I was sort of like, eh. Is this that interesting?
0: Well, structurally, it's weird because, like, Ronnie's kind of a side character. Yeah. And the person he encounters the most is Larry, who's also a side character. Yeah. Like, neither of them feel... It's like a side plot. Yeah. And, like, even though Ronnie being in the neighborhood is, like, discussed a lot by other characters like Sarah and Todd, who arguably are the main characters, like, he's also kind of removed a lot from, like, what's going on. Yeah. And when you're a convicted pedophile i i think that's the term yeah you would use even though he he's only he was only convicted of exposing himself yeah i don't think he was convicted of like having like any type of
1: relationship with a child yeah Yeah.
0: it is interesting though like you said how here we go with interesting again (laughs) (laughs) uh how in the story like he he's causing all this disruption in the neighborhood but a, a lot of that disruption is Larry, yeah. like, freaking out about
1: it. Yeah. Larry just keeps harassing him. He keeps going to his house, like, writing graffiti all over and passing all these flyers, like, harassing uh, Ronnie and his mom at, like, all hours of the night and just, like, yelling about it. So, honestly, I feel like I had kind of some sympathy for Ronnie because of, like, all of this craziness going on. But he is, he's not redeemed. He is, like, a really crappy, like, actual... Pedophile, like he is severely, like mentally sick,
0: especially in the book. Yeah, the book really goes hard with how unlikable he is. Not just like these, like, uh, like cravings and desires that he has that are like bad, yeah, but just like he's He's just a nasty, shitty, unlikable person, yeah, and even like to his mom, and just like a huge asshole. Movie kind of portrays him as being a little more sympathetic. Sympathetic. He still does some shitty things. He goes on a date with this poor woman and forces her to park her car by a playground. And he like masturbates in front of her. This was very disturbing in the movie. Yeah. Just because like you saw her reaction and how disturbed she was. And he like kind of threatens her that if she told anyone.
1: He would like maybe kill her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. He's not a good guy in any version of the story. Yeah. But it is an interesting like moral quandary in terms of like, yeah, he did a really shitty gross thing exposing himself to that girl, but he also served his time. Yeah. And like. And
1: what do you do with someone after that? Yeah.
0: To what extent does he have the right to like be integrated back into society? Yeah. And to what extent do people have the right to be like. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) And it is kind of one of the only things that for most people is like a hard line. No, like if you've done this thing, like you're irredeemable. You can't come near me. You shouldn't be. Yeah. And I think the book portrays that well. Marianne at one point is like they should cut his dick off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's like people are extreme about that. But, you know, at the same time, you're like, that makes sense. I wouldn't want to have someone like that living near me and like my children and things like that. So
0: it raises a lot of interesting questions i think
1: yeah again i don't think it fully deals with them
0: no it doesn't okay so plot wise where, where are we with the plot again what's
1: happening oh uh sarah and todd decide that they're just gonna bang <laughs> they,
0: they begin they commence banging
1: yes and honestly like it goes on for a while there's a lot happening with the characters but not really a lot to discuss like the two of them kind of find themselves in this situation, and they're making a lot of excuses for why they're having an affair. Yeah. And they both are clearly just looking for, like, anything to happen in their lives to make it (laughs) interesting. And it is sort of talking about, like, them as parents. Like, Sarah is clearly, like, not a bad mom, but not exactly the most attentive mother.
0: Yeah. I I appreciated this, like, kind of repeated thing, especially in the movie. Yeah. Like, at one point, she's putting her daughter in the pool, and her daughter's like, I have to use the bathroom. She's like, I have to pee. And she's like, just pee in the pool. Just go
1: in the pool. Like, she can't be bothered in some ways. And I think it does show how she doesn't feel, like, valued as a person anymore Mm -hmm. and, like, sexually desired by anyone. So to have Todd in her life, you know, she's like oh, finally, like, someone's interested in me as a person and not as a mom. Yeah. And so she has that. And then Todd is just like, I don't want to take the bar exam, so I'll (laughs) just have sex with you instead. (laughs) This is
0: definitely about you and my love for you and not about me skipping out on my duties and what I'm supposed to do.
1: Yeah. And he does. He skips the bar exam, which felt really shitty to me Uh, in many ways. I don't
0: know why this upset me more than him even having the affair. Yeah. Because, like, his wife drops him off at the train station so he can go take the bar. And then he immediately jumps in the car with Sarah. Yeah. And is like, woo, let's go on a beach vacation. Yeah. Like, wow. (laughs) After his wife was like, I believe in you and I think you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And there is question about how much his wife is pushing him
1: to take the bar and to be a lawyer and having that pressure on him. But at the same time, like if he doesn't want to do it, all he has to do is say, I don't want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like sneaking around. And I feel like we are clearly presented that like we shouldn't feel bad for Richard. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. But I feel like we are supposed to feel bad for Kathy. And I do feel bad for Kathy.
0: I do too. You know, Kathy her character has a weird kind of flip flop. The yeah. first time we're introduced to her, she's very like you sympathize with her. She's kind of like, God, you know, am I pushing uh am I pushing Todd too much to take the bar exam? Is it selfish of me that for him to start a career yeah. wanting that so that
1: wanting that financial security.
0: Yeah, so that I can continue my career with what I want to do and also see my son more and she's kind of like has a lot of self-doubt and uncertainty yeah then we're introduced to her again later her perspective in the book and for some reason she comes across a lot more judgmental and mean yeah she's very judgmental of sarah
1: yeah there's a scene where richard and sarah come over to todd and kathy's for dinner and she's kind of suspecting that todd might be having an affair with sarah and then she sees sarah and is like Oh, he would never bang her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, Sarah's supposed to be like somewhat unattractive or like plain, I yeah. guess. And then they cast Kate Winslet, who is the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. And we're like, yeah, sure. Her hair is a little less sleek than usual. And that makes her like somehow not still the most beautiful woman that we've ever seen. And
0: her eyebrows are a little dark. And I heavy. know. And
1: like, what kate winslet is gorgeous like shut up
0: i know Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous but yeah so in the book then her perspective gets kind of much more judgmental and like you don't sympathize with kathy quite as much yeah it seems uh but this happens all during a dinner like you said when kathy finally is aware of sarah's existence yeah because her son is like hey we've been hanging out with this other girl and her mom at the pool like all every day. Yeah. Also, I go to their house. And so Sarah's like, who is this woman that you're going to her house? Yeah. And Todd's like,
1: what?
0: What? Oh, I forgot her name.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely not banging her. <laughs> yeah. I just feel really bad for Kathy because I think she do- she cares. And it's clear that she does care about Todd and she cares about their family where Richard. It's like he does not care. No,
0: he. Richard's a sack of shit. And yeah. Like. I have no, like, even if Sarah and Todd shouldn't happen, like, Sarah and Richard should also not happen. Should just
1: not happen. Speaking of Richard, so in the book, we actually (laughs) get a wrap-up of his character where he goes to be with slutty K.
0: Yeah, he travels to California to Join up with the slutty K fan club (laughs) and he's like seen photos of these like events where she supposedly like has sex with all these guys. And it's interesting because like the guys are like a range of like age and body type and like like everything. And so it's kind of like this strange like it's weird because they all are banging the same woman, but they're also like.
1: Kind of like, hey, bro, like, come over, let's hang out, man. Like, let's grill up some meat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so
0: almost it seems not perverted in a way, but kind of. But then also like not wholesome, but like almost because she's like, I don't care what you look like, I'll suck your dick. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's have a barbecue on the beach.
0: And it's kind of unclear, like, it almost seems to be everything Richard hoped it would be. Yeah, he, like,
1: gets everything he wants, basically. He kind of does. And I'm like, you ass.
0: And also, he might, like, start to market her. And, I know.
1: Like, He's like, I have an idea about, like, selling the panties.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Sarah,
1: Sarah and Todd basically, like, escalate their relationship enough where Todd has this football game that is somehow, like, the pinnacle of every moment of happiness in his life and he's like this football game yeah is like up there and Sarah's there and like cheers him on and they're like let's run away together
0: yeah they have this moment where like he scores this amazing touchdown and he feels like euphoric and he's yeah. like wow like and then when he sees her in the stands he didn't know she was there yeah it's like this like moment between them and it's just so like absurd like it these, is absurd they're like acting out this like high school fantasy yeah and so it is effective in like i think in both versions when you look at them you're like oh, oh my Jesus, God. like they're so pathetic and they
1: start making out on the football field <laughs> in know. front of people and i'm like what is wrong with you like are you teenagers like It seems like it. Uh,
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think the story is like, I think that's super intentional. And so I think it's effective in that way. It's like, yeah, they're both really stupid. (laughs) Like They're both making.
1: They're completely delusional.
0: Yes, absolutely. And they're finally like, I can't do this anymore. Let's just leave all of our responsibilities, our children, our spouses.
1: And it's spelled out more clearly in the book. But they basically make a plan where they're going to write a note to their partners and leave the kids, leave all of them. The two of them are going to go spend like three days at the beach together or something and then come back and be like, okay, like let's figure out the logistics Mm -hmm. of like the two of us being together and like how we're going to raise our kids and all that stuff. In the movie, they're like, let's just run away together. And
0: And we have no explanation.
1: We have no explanation about like their plan, really.
0: Yeah. And this gets into something that we should definitely (laughs) touch on a little bit because... Based on our podcast, we haven't talked about it a lot, but, like, that's the difference between the book and the movie. And so far, both, like, even though the movie, like, has is missing a few scenes, yeah. they're both really, really similar. Oh, so
1: similar. And, I mean, a lot of that is probably because the author wrote mm-hmm. the screenplay. And I think sometimes I'm disappointed by that. I am, too. Because I'm like... Do something different. Do something more interesting. Do something that's going to make me be, like, excited.
0: I think you need someone else's perspective on that person's work. Yeah. To kind of, like, get that, like, I don't know, like, what someone took away from that story. Like, what can we cut? Yeah, as opposed to the author just reiterating what he did in the book have the perspective of what someone else took away from the book and then filtered through them back at us. And I think a lot of times that helps to like condense things down better and to get like this different like idea and condensing themes and stuff.
1: And I think the authors are more committed and tied to like the plot and how things happen, but they have to cut things. Yeah. So they do, but then things don't make sense
0: namely which
1: is what we run into in this
0: yes namely richard's absence in the second half of the movie yeah he's just completely dropped after the dinner scene Uh
1: uh-huh and
0: so on the night that sarah is going to meet and and it's worth mentioning our order of experience was we were halfway through reading the book yeah and then we watched the movie uh-huh. so we got this movie perspective not having that book
1: explanation explanation which and I, which i'm glad same because we always talk about would this make sense if we didn't read the book and in this case it does not
0: no because <laughs> at this point we hadn't read about richard's leaving yeah and in the movie he just like isn't shown but when Sarah is going to meet Todd to run away,
1: they're going to meet at the park.
0: They're going to meet at the at park night. At, n- at night. <laughs> and she takes her daughter, Lucy. Yeah. And I was like, and, and Todd didn't bring his son. No. So I'm like, whoa, is like, is this like a miscommunication? Yeah. Where Sarah's going to show up with Lucy and he's going to be like, what the fuck? Why do you have your daughter?
1: Yeah. And like, where's Richard?
0: Yeah, We don't see
1: him. We don't know what's happening with him. And we see Todd writing a note to Kathy, like a note that he's going to like leave her. But like Sarah doesn't do anything similar with Richard. So we're like, where's Richard? What's happening with Richard? Like what's her wrap up with Richard? Whereas in the book, we know that Richard is away on this trip with slutty K Mm -hmm. and was basically like, hey, I'm not coming back. Like calls her and is like, hey, I think we should get divorced. Like. I can't really do this anymore.
0: I'm sure that was probably cut from the movie. I'm sure they filmed that and then like removed it. Cause like, how could you not have done that? Yeah. Cause it makes no sense now, but
1: it, it makes no narrative sense. And so we have this buildup and we're going to talk about the movie ending first, I think. Yeah. But Sarah is, you know, getting Lucy brings her with her to the park. And we're like, why does she have Lucy? And then, Uh, Todd is like writing a note and like leaving the house and he's like running. Yes. He's running to meet Sarah at the park.
0: So while this is going on, meanwhile, a whole different (laughs) saga has is happening with Larry and Ronnie and Ronnie where Larry shows up to Ronnie's house is screaming through a megaphone and Ronnie's mother comes out and is like what the fuck are you doing you asshole yeah and then promptly dies yeah
1: because they have a tug of war over the bullhorn and then she has like a heart attack yeah and then they rush her to the hospital but she dies
0: yeah and Ronnie does get to go to the hospital and like He gets a note from her before she dies and all it says is be a good boy.
1: Yeah. And it's like
0: very like it rattles him. Yeah. So when he's back home, he kind of has this like his Oscar nominated (laughs) scene because he was nominated where he like starts breaking a whole bunch of shit and like freaking out.
1: Yeah. In the movie specifically.
0: Yeah. And he grabs a knife. And so we're like, what's going to happen? And then Larry after having basically killed his mother. Yeah. Being being the cause arrested, of
1: his mom, like Ronnie's mom having a heart attack. Yeah.
0: He's arrested, like gets out of jail, like makes his uh, bail or whatever.
1: And then goes straight to Larry or to Ronnie's house.
0: Yeah. Like seemingly to apologize. And I'm like, dude, stop. What are you doing? Like you are a human train wreck right now. <laughs> And he shows up to the house only to find Ronnie isn't there.
1: Yeah. But he goes inside.
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm like,
1: why are you going inside this man's house? Like, this is not good. This is
0: horror movie level. Yeah. So. While this is all going on, Sarah gets to the park. Yeah. Has Lucy and is like, I'll push you on a swing in this park.
1: It's like 10 p.m. In the middle (laughs) of the night. Just us. Yeah.
0: And she's like waiting for Todd and is like getting like you know, antsy, doesn't know where he is. Yeah. And then this figure walks into the park, like crying and kind of shivering. And yeah. And basically up until this point, both book and movie are the same. Yeah. Like all this setup is the same. Right. So like specifically movie we're going into now, because this is what we experienced first. Yeah. And it's ludicrous.
1: It is ludicrous. She sees that it's Ronnie, the pedophile, and is crying and is sort of like, oh, God, (laughs) <laughs> and then she's like oh no he's crying and he's like whimpering and then she kind of like starts to approach him
0: which it's like why would you why do would that? you do
1: this you're there with your like child yeah and so she's like coming closer to him and is like are you okay and then suddenly like turns around and lucy is gone yeah and i was like she was asleep in the swing like did like- she just jump out
0: yeah, like one of those like young child swings. It's like yeah. kind of a diaper harness, and I'm yeah. like, how did she get out of that?
1: Yeah, and then she's like freaking out, trying to find Lucy.
0: She's running around, and 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 she just leaves Ronnie. So it's like, what was that about? Why yeah. did we even get that moment? Because Ronnie and Ronnie seems seems to have like fallen off the deep end. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Like I, you don't know what his deal is exactly. Like you know, he's yeah. like a pedophile, but like he. Was he crazy too? Yeah. Is that like connected or is that
1: different? It's just like the grief over his mother's death, but he's just like lost it. And then like Larry shows up at the park. And I'm like, how did you know he would be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just at his house looking for him, couldn't find him. And was like, Oh, well, I better go to the park because that's where he'll be mm-hmm. at 10 PM at night. And meanwhile, Sarah
0: just finds Lucy by a street lamp. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going home. And she throws her in the car and they leave.
1: Yeah. And she's like, do you want to go home now? Let's go home. And is sort of like given up on this Todd thing.
0: Yeah. And that's like the end. That's for the her. end
1: of her character. She they just leave and go home? And it's you're like, like, what? Is she going back to Richard? Yeah. They haven't wrapped up anything with Richard. Nope. She doesn't have any explanation. She doesn't say anything about what her plans are or even like why she's suddenly like not wanting to meet Todd anymore.
0: Yeah. She's
1: just like, well, that was a little too scary for me. So let's just go home.
0: M- Maybe I don't have my shit together enough to run away.
1: There's just no explanation about what changed.
0: Yeah. What did we take away from this? What was her turning point? Like what? Yeah. Larry finds Ronnie. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Crying. And Larry's like, hey, man, I'm sorry I killed your I mom. I kind of
1: killed your mom. I feel bad. <laughs>
0: And he notices Ronnie is, like, bleeding. Yeah. And Ronnie stands up. His pants are gone. And you can tell, like...
1: He has his, the knife.
0: Yeah, he has the knife. And his underwear is, like, bleeding. Yeah. And there's blood. What does
1: he make a comment? Like, I, I was trying to be a... Like, I can't yeah. be a good boy or I was something. trying to
0: be a good boy or something. And
1: you're like, oh, my God, he cut his dick off. Yeah. He cut his dick off. And then... Larry's like oh shit oh shit oh shit and gets him in his van and is like I gotta take you to the hospital I gotta take you to hospital and he's
0: like I'll save you buddy like suddenly he's like
1: hey man hey buddy
0: (laughs) hey buddy old pal yeah and he's like racing him to the hospital to like try to save his life
1: and that's the end of that
0: and and we get a narration like a voiceover again which I don't know if we've mentioned the voiceover It's just like mostly pulled from the book. Yeah. Except for these parts that are different where it's... And it's like Larry knew that he couldn't change the past, but he could change the future. I'm
1: like, what does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean, though? Like, what?
0: Excuse?
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, Todd slash Brad in the movie is running... To be with Sarah. He's like, yes, we're going to be together. I'm running, running, running. And then like the teenage skateboarders are like, hey, dude, what's up? And he's like, hey, hey, guys, not much. Just hanging out. You know, one of you like chill, whatever. <laughs> and like completely forgets about Sarah.
0: It cuts from them being like, hey, man, what's up? Like, how's it going? Yeah. It cuts to a guy, one of them doing a trick and Todd is standing there with a bunch of them being just like,
1: like ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah that awesome. was sick, man. Like, what is happening?
0: I was, it was so absurd. And like, I think it was like supposed to be funny. Yeah. But the problem is that it undercuts like him as a character so much. Absolutely. And makes him so stupid.
1: I was like, this is the dumbest character I have ever seen. Like, he is so stupid. It makes him seem like he's just, like, so desperate for, like, these teenagers to approve of him. Yeah. That he's just like, oh, yeah, what what was I doing? I don't know. Like, let's. And then the teenagers are like, hey, you try. And he's like, sure. <laughs>
0: and I love what happened, at least. Yeah. Where he it cuts from him, like, <laughs> skateboarding and, like, flying off a ramp. Yeah. And then it just cuts back to him later. Like, on the ground, his face is all cut up. Yeah. And they're like, dude.
1: (laughs) You've been out for, like, five minutes. Like, he immediately, like, ate it. (laughs) He probably has a concussion. Absolutely. And they're like, they get an ambulance. They're wheeling him in the ambulance. They're like, oh, shit. And then he's like, hey, call my wife. And then, like, they're like, you dropped this note. And it's like the note he wrote Kathy. And he's like, I don't need it anymore. I'm like, (laughs) what? is happening <laughs> like he's suddenly like call my wife <laughs> i'm like what what
0: i'm like did that concussion like either knock something loose or like back in place where suddenly he's like wow i'm an idiot like i shouldn't leave my wife and son
1: again very little explanation it's just like he's skateboarding because he's a dumb fuck and then he's like oh I need my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And that's the end. That's just the end of the movie.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this is so two things. One is like it's very weird because for the most part, this movie, I like the tone that it tries to strike. Yeah. Where it's like kind of serious, but also kind of like satirical and yes. funny in a way. Mm-hmm. And I actually was surprised because like. The trailer for the movie, it's a really good trailer actually. Oh, yes. It's very engaging and I like it a lot. And actually our patron who requested this. Jameson. Jameson mentioned the trailer. Yeah. And it is very good, but it's much more dramatic and suspenseful. Yeah. Than the movie is. The movie's like much funnier in a lot of moments. Yeah. And kind of silly. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that at the end like as the the character moments split apart, we get Todd's story that is, like, pure silliness. Yeah. And then we get the other storyline with Ronnie. Cutting
1: his dick off.
0: Cutting his dick off. (laughs) And it's, like, pure drama. And it's, like, where those two things throughout the movie had been, like, pretty entangled. Yeah. Suddenly, at the end, they, like, split off into these two directions. Yeah. And so both parts of this ending feel disjointed. Yes. Like, uh... Todd's scene feels so silly and ridiculous that it doesn't tie in. And then the Ronnie Sarah thing is just like, what? Wow, this is way darker (laughs) than like anything else going on. Yeah. And so like both aspects of this feel weird. And then it
1: ends like very abruptly. So like when the credits started rolling, I was like, what? That's it? Like, that's that's the end. Okay.
0: Yeah. Kind of startling. It
1: is. The book is basically the same, except we have all the explanation that, like, Sarah's with Lucy because Richard is taking off and is having sex with slutty Kay. And she is supposed to... She needs to call Todd and let him know, like, I have Lucy now. We can't really run away together because mm-hmm. I have this kid. But, like, th- none of them have cell phones, so she can't, <laughs> like, contact him at all. And so she goes to the park with Lucy, and then... McGorvey just Ronnie McGorvey the pedophile just like shows up and kind of like just throws himself on her like he like throws his arm around her and starts crying and she's like oh my god what do I what do I even do with this guy he's like has his arm around me and is just like weeping into my shirt and Kind of doesn't know what to do. We get Mary Ann just, like, coming in. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere for, like, zero reason. None. Zero reason.
0: None. She doesn't even help. She doesn't do anything. she does
1: nothing. And then Larry, again, how does he know where Ronnie is? Yeah. Shows up, starts running towards them?
0: Because he assumes Ronnie's, like, attacking her. Yeah. And so he, like, shoves him and, like, clocks him in the face once yeah
1: and then Sarah's like he was just crying because of his mom and Marianne even though we had this like little tiny glimpse of her interior life she's still like oh they were just in like an intimate embrace and I was like shut the fuck up Marianne (laughs) like this guy like just jumped on her like she was just trying not to like be terrible like she literally could do nothing almost yeah and she was afraid of doing anything
0: we get this like humanizing moment of Marianne seeing her life. This yeah. is once again the last 30 pages. We get that intimate moment of Marianne. And then she just goes right back to being like a bitch. I'm like,
1: I know. I'm why? Like, what is wrong with you? To what end? Yeah. Why is she here? And then Ronnie confesses to murdering that little girl. Yeah. And weirdly, it was like
0: Larry suddenly knew for sure that he did it. Yeah. Did he find something in his house? No, no,
1: no. He says it. That's okay. why Larry knew. Because Ronnie says it. He says, like, um, I forget what exactly he says, but something like, I didn't want anyone to tell on her to tell on me. Oh, because Larry's like, oh, because you like you killed that little girl or something. And he basically confesses to it. And Sarah's like, oh, shit. And then is like, oh, my daughter. Wow. I've been a bad mom. Wow. This whole like affair I've had with Todd has just been a fantasy. Wow, I'm going to become a lawyer. <laughs> wow, me and my daughter are going to be, like, Gilmore Girls? <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Okay, time to go home. <laughs>
0: oh, my God, are we the new Gilmore Girls? I think we're the new Gilmore Girls.
1: <laughs> and then they, like, all have a smoke together.
0: I know! After after Ronnie confesses to murdering Confesses the girl, to
1: murder, they're like, can I bum a smoke? Larry says,
0: by the way, I'm sorry about your mom. <laughs> And then you
1: probably raped this little girl, and then dismembered her body and hid it somewhere. Here is the smoke. Let's just chill. And then, yeah, is it just, did anyone call the police? <laughs> what are they doing?
0: <laughs> it just ends with them standing around the playground having a cigarette. And, yeah, and Sarah's like, "Ugh, I'd like to tell them why I was here in the middle of the night, but who could believe this story?"
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, Todd has the exact same storyline. As the movie where he starts skateboarding for no reason.
0: So Todd's story makes, I think, it's a lot better in the book. Yeah. Because it left the movie left it out, but, like, Kathy basically knows about Sarah. And they...
1: Kind of confronts him about it. Yeah,
0: and they go on, like, a little getaway trip. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're reconnecting a bit. And Kathy's yeah. just like, listen, I don't know if you love her or not, but, like... Just figure your shit out, man. Yeah. And so when Todd's going to meet Sarah and he runs into the skateboarders, he's his internal <clears throat> monologue is very much like, like, God, I, I know I need to meet her, but I just can't. Suddenly
1: don't want to. Yeah, he's
0: like clearly Hesitant. just like doing anything to like not do it.
1: Yeah, so it is, it is more clear that he's like kind of stopping because he needs an excuse to stop and not to meet Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, um... Then he, like, starts skateboarding, of course, and, like, knocks himself out. And we have the same kind of trajectory where after he, like, comes to is basically, like, who am I kidding? Like, this was just because I wanted something exciting in my life and wanted to feel like there was something interesting going on. And... I should just be a cop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of like this as the climax of Todd's story, and it feels more appropriate in the book. Yeah. Because, like, he just keeps making more, like, childish, like, dangerous, reckless decisions as the story goes. Yeah. And so, like, the pinnacle or zenith of it all, It makes sense that he's, like, skateboarding, like, and going off a ramp and almost killing himself. Yeah, and he's finally
1: like, okay, I think I'm done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think (laughs) I finally learned my lesson.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I am shocked that Kathy is still like, yeah, we can, like, still be together. Well, Like, ditch his ass.
0: We'll see after, like, he ends up at the hospital with a a concussion from skateboarding. After skateboarding
1: with teenagers, yeah.
0: Which also I wanted to mention in the movie, when Larry takes... Ronnie to the hospital. How is he possibly going to explain? Like, hey, you know this guy who I physically assaulted. I did
1: not cut his. And I killed his mom.
0: Yeah, he cut his own dick off. (laughs) I
1: was not part of that, and
0: I just happened to be there.
1: (laughs) I was stalking him for a different reason. (laughs) Totally, I actually
0: wanted to apologize, and then I was like, "Whoa, man! Did you know you cut your dick off? We should get you to the hospital." Yeah. Dude, you're going to prison now because I don't even think Ronnie is like mentally capable at this point of like no. talking and communicating what happened. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> like, I know you want to be a better person, but if I found Ronnie and he had cut his dick off, I would have left. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe wow. would have like made a phone call from like a pay phone.
1: Yeah. And, like, get the ambulance. Get there. the
0: ambulance there, but like have not been there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the. Those are the ends.
0: <laughs> those are both ends.
1: Again, I feel like the book explains Sarah and Todd's realizations about how dumb their affair has been, yeah. and how they kind of need to like get their lives together now and move on. Whereas in the movie, I was like, "What's happening? Yeah, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Why is everyone just going home now?" <laughs> like i don't know
0: yeah it just felt super weird especially sarah just like her story had no like meaningful conclusion no you're just like what well, she got scared waiting alone in a playground at night and went home
1: yeah that's literally it
0: the end yeah felt very and larry's story i'm like i do not want redemption for this guy no like at least the book didn't like necessarily tried to redeem him no in any kind of way he was still kind of being a huge asshole yeah so i appreciate the book didn't try to do that whereas the movie he's like
1: i'm gonna save him now i'm gonna
0: save you buddy yeah (laughs) we're gonna be two peas in a pod after this
1: Just one of us without a dick.
0: (laughs) By the way, did you, do you have it? Did you, or did we leave it at the playground? Can we reattach it? (laughs) Should we go back for it? I feel weird making fun of it, but it's just so. I know. Weirdly dramatic. And and the
1: fact that it's not in the book at all. Yeah. Like who, whose idea was to be like, oh, you know what we should add? Him cutting off his dick. Yeah. For the movie.
0: And it's so weird that like it was the author was the screenwriter. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the studio wanted more of a dramatic ending. So maybe that's like. I can see
1: that. But it was still like, was this the way to go? I don't know.
0: Yeah. it felt like a weird direction to take it. It was. For more drama.
1: But I'm really glad we watched the movie when we hadn't finished the book because it did make it clear to us that the plot threads and the way things were happening didn't quite work.
0: No, it was just a lot of lunacy (laughs) going on. And I I think the movie is too beholden to the source material. Like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of things that like things hinted at, like, you know, Richard's story that don't get wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, Even moments like at one point, Kathy sees Sarah's toenail polish. Yeah. Yeah. And is like staring at it.
1: And I'm like, what is this supposed to mean? Yeah,
0: what is happening? And then in the book you get like what her inner thoughts are about it.
1: Yeah, but like why include that in the movie if there's not going to be something talked about with it?
0: No, exactly.
1: It's almost like they're just including things for people that have read the book. Maybe. But I don't understand the point of that.
0: Or maybe there were some voiceover lines that got cut. Maybe. That kind of were explaining what she was thinking at that moment. Yeah. I don't know. But just like a lot of moments like that that feel unfulfilled. Like at one point, Jean, the neighbor lady to Sarah, was watching Lucy while yeah. Sarah was out banging Todd. <laughs> and when Sarah gets back, Jean's like very upset with her. Yeah. And, and you're
1: it, like, did she find out? Yeah.
0: It seems like she knows.
1: But then it's never addressed.
0: No, it's just like... And and, and any emotional impact from that is vague. Mm -hmm. Like, is Sarah upset that
1: Gene maybe knows? Does Sarah feel guilty about being gone? Yeah. We don't know.
0: Yeah, a lot of weird threads left. And I'm okay with ambiguity to an extent, but it doesn't feel intentional. No. It feels like something was left on the cutting room floor.
1: Yeah. So, do we even have to... Say which one is better?
0: I don't think so. I liked the the book better.
1: I did like the book better. Although I do have to say, I don't know why. I feel like this book made me anxious. Yeah. I don't, maybe it's just because like all these people were making so many dumb choices for almost no reason.
0: Yeah. And the fact that like no one had a good marital relationship. Yeah. It was just kind of depressing. It was like. And I mean, maybe that's like supposed to add to like the satirical qualities of the story that like everyone is unhappy. Everyone has this sense of like unfulfilled.
1: Yeah. Like
0: lives. I don't know. But it was just kind of because like, you know, at the end, then you find out about Marianne's like sad life, sad life. and You're like, God, not even she has a happy marriage. And you're just like, ugh.
1: yeah, it's not really it's a downer. It's definitely a downer.
0: And there's a lot of humor at points in it. But like you said, it's kind of like very grim and kind of like upsetting.
1: Yeah. And I think what we talked about earlier, like it touches on a lot of topics, but doesn't really go in depth. Like it does go in depth on some of them.
0: Yeah. But
1: on others, I'm like, "Mm, why mention it just to bring it up and then not deal with it later? You know?
0: Yeah. Like a lot of big themes are brought up. And they're kind of tied into, like, how they affect these people in their suburban lives a bit. But those topics that are touched on are so much bigger than that. Yeah. And bigger than
1: these shallow characters.
0: Exactly. And you're just like, well, what about this whole thing (laughs) that wasn't even brought up again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is Larry racist? Like, it's he talks about, like, that's what people think about him. Yeah. And that he might be. Is he? We don't know.
1: Yeah. 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 It's just so I did enjoy the book and I think the book is better than the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But in other ways, I do have problems with the book as well. But I don't think the movie does it better. So I have to go with the book.
0: Yeah, I I agree. The book was better. Um, Let's do lightning round.
1: Lightning round. Okay. so first up for lightning round, I just want to read the best <laughs> passage from this book. It is so funny. And it's about Thomas the Tank Engine. So I'm going to read this section. So the kids ate first hot dogs and tater tots and maybe carrots, then migrated into the living room to watch Thomas and the Magic Railroad, a movie Kathy found disturbing on any number of levels. It was a cinematic catastrophe, shifting clumsily between the inane actic- antics of the talking trains and a bewildering psychodrama starting Peter Fonda of all people. As a filmmaker, Kathy felt insulted and even polluted by the sheer awfulness of the storytelling. As a parent, she was mystified that her normally rambunctious three-year-old could tolerate, let alone enjoy, its arthouse pacing and dark <laughs> Freudian overtones. But Aaron would have watched it every day if she let him, and Lucy seemed willing to trust his recommendation. <laughs> I just, like, love how deeply offended she is by this movie on, like, as a filmmaker and as a parent.
0: <laughs> well, and it is, Thomas the Tank Engine is, like, a weird show. It is. And so, like, from a parent's perspective, it's like, why, What is
1: this nonsense? And why does my
0: kid like it? <laughs> I thought that was super funny. Uh, speaking of the kids. Yeah. So, two things. One, the kids in the movie are so Cute. They're so cute. Lucy is adorable. Yeah. And I they're also good actors. Yeah. Because like a lot of the lines they were doing yeah. were from the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, like they're actually nailing like all of their lines. Like I
1: know. And when Lucy is like, I want to make something for my mommy. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're too cute.
0: <laughs> um, and then I wanted to say that in the book, I really appreciated how insightful all the stuff about the kids was yeah and they felt it was I don't know a lot of stories it's just like and then there were some kids they're three-year-olds you get it yeah but like you find out like how uh Lucy is different than Aaron like mm-hmm. there are different quirks and like what it's like raising the kids and the parents relationship to the kids and yeah I thought all of that was handled like really really well and it like was. insightfully so I wanted to I didn't give it that credit in the normal part of the episode, so I wanted to do that here.
1: Yeah, shout out to those child actors, because they were adorable. They are so cute. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, um, there are some pretty graphic sex scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. We see Kate Winslet's boobs, which are awesome. Um, (laughs) And we also see a glimpse of Patrick Wilson's... So we see his whole ass, which is, you know, great. And then (laughs) we also see... A little bit of his balls and it was so funny because we're watching the sex scene and we're like oh yeah there's one boob and there's the whole butt and we see the other boob later and (laughs) we're like cataloging as we're like writing it down and then the scene moves on but ian was like wait could you see his balls and i was like what so then we rewinded it and watched it specifically and you can see the like back flap of his balls (laughs) as they're like doing it and it is so funny. <laughs> I just have to say, we were so excited to see that.
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, on this thrust, you can see them like flowing backwards. Oh my God. <laughs> between
1: his legs. His balls were back flapping.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, last thing we wanted to mention was there's a whole scene and kind of like little subplot in both book and movie where Sarah goes to a book club with Jean. Yeah. And they talk about Madame Bovary, which I've never read. I
1: haven't either, actually. But apparently
0: was like a big influence on this book.
1: Yeah. She's a tragic character who cheats on her husband, but then like her whole life kind of descends into sadness. Yeah. Um, But I think Kat or I'm sorry, not Kathy. Sarah's reaction to it is really interesting.
0: Yeah. And she kind of this kind of goes back to like she had her original thoughts about Madame Bovary in college where she hated her. She thought she was dumb and like making dumb choices. But then rereading it, she was like, I actually sympathized with her a lot. And just her struggle against like controlling her life in any way and like getting out of this like depression that she's in. Yeah. And also it was just interesting because like Sarah really bonds with the women in the group like they're all older women like they're all almost all of them are like widows Uh uh-huh but she's like wow i'm having like this great intellectual discussion with all these women
1: this is what i loved about college yeah what i've missed
0: and she's like so she feels this like really great connection to them and i liked this because it was a callback to like this backstory of her character and made it more than just like a one off backstory for Sarah, where yeah. she's like, oh, she was a feminist and now she's not. It's like diving into that a little bit more. Yeah. And I just appreciated that she had this connection with those women.
1: Yeah. It was a really great scene. Yeah. So that's Lightning Round. That's Lightning. I just realized, though, that we forgot to read Jameson's thoughts on oh, the yeah, book. So yeah. he sent us some thoughts, which is really great. We love it when our patrons send us their thoughts on like book and movie adaptations. So um, he really loved this book and movie and is like a huge Kate Winslet fan. And I agree. Uh, but he talked about, um, parenting and how that changes people. And then he said, the parents seemingly immature attitudes and relations really demonstrate how we don't seem to let go of these social constructs. We think that we leave behind in school, the prom King being (laughs) Todd, the mean girls click with the mom group, the dream girl, Kathy, the bully, Larry, and the weirdo outcast, Ronnie. It's all there, maybe obviously, but I really like the way uh, Perota constructs this world, as I find it very authentic. And then he talked about the movie and said he had a little trouble with the climaxes in both the book and the movie. It seems to have several climaxes, each character finishing separately, and it feels a bit staggered. So he kind of had the same issues with, like, kind of the ending as we did.
0: Yeah. And I like his thoughts on, because, I mean, reading the book, I understood, like, okay, I get, like, little children refers to, like, kind of this, like, arrested development with both Sarah and Todd and them still being, like, very childish in a lot of ways.
1: But that callback to high school.
0: Yeah, but, like, those kind of, like, high school hierarchy structures that are still intact, I hadn't, like, quite picked up on. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, that's very...
1: It was a very good insight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we really appreciate, uh, uh, Jameson Jameson's thoughts and, uh, for suggesting this story. Cause I don't think we ever would have like have known about it or thought to do it otherwise. So, and but I, yeah. I really enjoyed getting to, to read and watch the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jam Jameson. And as always, Um, feel free to suggest episodes to us. Again, we love to do episodes that people suggest, and we love to hear from you, especially from our patrons. So definitely reach out if you haven't, if you're a patron, and we'll get those episodes in there.
0: Yeah, and find us on Patreon. Uh, If you join us there, you'll get access to all of our bonus episodes. We have one coming up on future adaptations that That are are being made. Yeah, Yeah. for like 2020 and like beyond and Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, what ones we may be interested in, what ones are like, uh, like, maybe going to happen, maybe not. And so if you want to listen to that episode, just join us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Mm -hmm. And we love the community that's forming there and just getting to interact with listeners. So yeah. Uh, Otherwise, uh, you can leave us a rating on Apple podcasts, Mm -hmm. which helps us in our rankings and how we show up.
1: Yeah, helps people to find us and to find our podcast and listen, which is always really great. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And we're also on Twitter. And we have an email. You can email us at coveredcreditspod at gmail.com.
0: All that good stuff. We're and everywhere. We're all, we're all over the place. But thank you for listening to this episode. And we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time. Bye.
0: Bye.